Don Squad in the house, stand up, salute. Welcome to another episode of I'm Chris the Don One Podcast, episode 68. I know, I know you haven't, uh, I haven't uploaded any episodes uh, to this podcast. It's been almost two weeks, well, almost three weeks, and a crazy thing happened to your boy. I had hernia surgery three weeks ago, but everything's all good. Everything's all fine. I really do appreciate you guys uh, sharing and liking uh, the episode I made three weeks ago. And I really do appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, But everything's good in the hood with your boy. So we're going to have a jam-packed show today. Oh, and by the way, I wish everyone out there... A happy Thanksgiving Day uh, tomorrow, okay? So I hope you got the essentials, all right? Hope you, uh, you know, I hope you got everything at home. Uh, therefore, you don't have to make uh, second and third trips on Thanksgiving Day. You just sit back, relax, make sure the dinner is is cooking, and uh, it's your day today, all right? For the people out there who's going to have Thanksgiving Day off. For the people out there who's still going to be working on Thanksgiving Day, you know, look, you know, it's uh, just just persevere. Just persevere, okay? So, uh, let's get into this. Now, uh, we're going to, uh, this show is going to be about NBA free agency. We're also going to dabble into Tom Brady. And we're also going to be dabbling into PlayStation 5 scalpers, okay? So, this is going to be a jam-packed show, okay? So, Here's the thing. Let's get into it. All right. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is NBA free free agency, which was last week. And it was a frizzy uh, 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 couple of days. Now, I'm just going to just dabble into uh, different topics and different players going to different teams uh, before NBA free agency on the eve of it. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers uh, uh, gotten Dennis uh, Scrotum uh, from the uh, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, and uh, they gave up some draft picks for him, future draft picks for him. Now, uh, like I said on my YouTube channel, uh, when I saw this trade go down, that just told me that Rondo was done in La La Land. All right. And then uh, you started hearing rumors and reports of Rondo maybe going to the Clippers. And I think that was more generated by Clipper fans uh, than, you know, act- being an actual rumor. And uh, the Atlanta Hawks, which I kind of pointed to that theory, he'd probably go to the Atlanta Hawks because they'll probably going to pay him more money. But when you look at this uh, deal, uh, the Lakers got younger. Okay, now they're going to lose a lot of veteran leadership and experience that Rondo had, all right? And they're giving that up, and, but Rondo was an older player, and they're shaking the dice, they're rolling the dice on getting younger, all right? Now, overall, this deal is going to help uh, LeBron James get a neat needed rest on the bench, you know, because, uh, you know, LeBron loves playing the point. And this, <clears throat> in theory, this could give, uh, you know, LeBron some added rest time on the bench. Also, I could see them packaging him 
uh, I can see packages where he can be the starter at the one and LeBron can uh, play his natural three. So overall, this is a good move for the Lakers as far as getting younger. Okay. As far as getting, giving uh, LeBron James some added rest, but uh, a lot, We'll, we'll just that we'll just talk about uh, the Lakers uh, overall what they did in free agency. The next thing uh, we're going to talk about is Montez Harrell Harris. Uh, he was uh, an LA Clipper. Now he's a Los Angeles Lakers. He signed a two-year deal with a with a player option in the first uh, year where he can just opt out. I think this was a. Uh, this was a good move for the Lakers uh, because when, uh, uh, to me, they was trying to get Dwight Howard, and on the 11th hour, they realized Dwight Howard was going elsewhere. So they went ahead and uh, signed the, the next available big man, which was um, which was Montez Harris. Once again, they got younger, but... Uh, what they left on the table was trying to sign another big man that has experience, playoff experience. Uh, they could have went DeMarcus Cousins, but they had DeMarcus Cousins. So they already know uh, the limit. They already know medical wise the, the, the shakeup for uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Was he going to be dependable for the whole season? I'm pretty sure they had concerns about that, but they did go younger. Now, Montez Harris, if you're not familiar with him, very athletic, uh, you know, power forward. If you want to list him as a power forward, I think he's listed a uh, 6'6", maybe 6'7". He's a, he's a short 6'8". A lot of people list him as 6'8". He's a very short 6'8", okay, in my opinion. So, he's very athletic. He he's uh, he move around uh, below the basket. He's going to give you put-ins. He's going to give you offensive rebounds. He's going to be very explosive down in the post, okay? But that's it. That's all you're going to get from Montez Harris. He's not a perimeter shot, a shooter. He's not a three-point shooter, okay? And he's a de- he's a defensive liability, okay? And you saw that when he was with the Clippers, when the Clippers played uh, Jokic and, and them boys, all right? Uh, when they played uh, the Joker, uh, the Joker had a field day with Montez Harris. I'm not saying that that was the primary reason why the Clippers lost that series, but it was a reason why they lost. It, it was one of the reasons why they lost uh, uh, to uh, in that series. Also, Montez Harris kind of like he's a rebel with a cause. He kind of bucks the system. Uh, he didn't appreciate. Uh, he didn't appreciate Kawhi Leonard getting the special treatment, the special perks. Uh, eventually, he, uh, he, he just went along with the ride, realizing, look, the guy just won a championship with the Toronto Raptors. Now, he's going to the Los Angeles Lakers, and if he's not ha- and if he wasn't happy with Kawhi Leonard getting the special treatments and the perks, how he's going to overcome LeBron James and his special treatments and perks? Because he's already an established he's load managing the first two months all right so is montez harris gonna be cool with that i'm not 100 percent sure on that all right so we're gonna have to wait and see how that plays out uh but he's a defensive liability he's young he's athletic 
And when you look at these recent, the, the, the two recent moves with the Lakers, they got younger. And these players are going to substitute Rondo and Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard went to the Philadelphia 76 to signed a one-year deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. So he's going to be, um, he's going to be with the Philadelphia 76ers with Doc Rivers and uh, Daryl Morey. So we just want to wait. And, uh, I think that's a perfect addition for uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Gordon Haywood signed a four-year multi-million dollar deal. He opted out of his Boston Celtic deal and he signed with uh, the Charlotte uh, Hornets. Now, the Charlotte Hornets were interested in Montez Harris. All right. And they was willing to throw... The, the the money book at them. They had the the Brinks truck backed up and everything. They was really they was willing to overpay to get Montez Harris. Montez Harris left a lot of money on the table, by the way. And I felt like this decision with, with the Lakers, he wanted to get revenge from the he wanted to have his revenge with the Clippers because the Clippers were not interested in re-signing Montez Harris. They could have signed him to the Larry Bird rights where they can just pay him any type of ridiculous money and it wouldn't count against their cap. But if uh but Montez Harris, like I said in my video, he's been there for three plus years and he hasn't developed. He hasn't uh, the things that he struggled with the most, he hasn't gotten better, all right? And he's kind of depending on his athleticism and, be, and just floating around the basket uh, in the low post, and that's his bread and butter. However, you have to, you know, if you uh, want uh, a bigger contract, you have to show these organizations that you're going to get uh, stronger, I mean, I mean, the, the things that are you that you're weak in, you're going to develop and get better at. And he hasn't for the past three years for the Clippers because he's thinking in the back of his mind, well, they're just going to give me the Larry Bird rule. Uh, they're they're going to give me that Larry Bird money. I'm good. I'm fine. And if the Clippers would have done that, you're rewarding somebody that you already got a resume on for the past three years. He hasn't gotten better overall. Okay. So and he's it's been a defensive liability. So you're going to reward that type of behavior. And uh, the Clippers said, no, nah, no, nah, fam, we, we're going to pass on it. But he could have gotten bigger money elsewhere because the Hornets were interested in him. Even the Knicks was interested in him. So he could have gotten bigger money elsewhere. Instead, he signed a two-year deal with a player option with the Lakers. And this is not a basketball uh move this or, or a financial move this is i want to seek revenge on the clippers and show the clippers what they're missing out and in the long run i think that's going to be proven disastrous for montez harris okay but let's go back to gordon haywood he signed a four-year deal with the uh charlotte hornets a multi-year deal and people were wondering why did he left the why did he leave the Boston Celtics? Well, clearly, uh, as the years went as the, as the years went by, he he slowly realized and Kawhi uh, and uh, not Kawhi, but uh, Kyrie Irving realized this early that look those younger guys that they drafted they're proven to be studs, okay? And these younger guys want to be the next man up. And Kyrie Irving got, got out of there quick, fast, and hurry when he thought he was just going to be the man in Boston, come to find out. These studs are improving, 
They, they, they're improving. And, hell, they made it to the playoffs without Kyrie Irving when he had an injury. Went deep into the playoffs. When Kyrie Irving got back, they, uh, they, they got bounced out in the second round. Gordon Haywood, the first year in Boston, he suffered a major injury. And he's been, and ever since he's been back with the Boston Celtics from injury, uh, he's struggling to find his niche with that roster. So he decided, you know what? I'd rather go to Charlotte. This was a financial decision more than a basketball decision. And he's going to be the man in Charlotte. And uh, there's no threats of, of, of someone overtaking him or, or, or overseeing him being the man in Charlotte. So that's going to be very uh, good for uh, Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets and Gordon Haywood. Now, a lot of people are saying that, look, uh, yeah, uh, they're saying, look, I think Michael Jordan overpaid to get him. But you have to look at it from his perspective. He has to have a star to sell out those uh, seats in that arena, okay? Now, Ball, he just drafted Ball, but that's not going to be enough, okay? He's going to have to show the fan base there that he's willing to spend the money to make this team better, okay? So that's going to really help out the Charlotte Bobcats, Michael Jordan, Gordon Haywood from, uh, you know, so he can start uh, flourishing and becoming the man and don't have to defer to, uh, to others. So that's going to, that, that, but that was a financial decision. Okay. I also told you guys about Dwight Howard going to the Philadelphia 76ers. I think that's going to help out Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers got, you know, uh, he's going to have depth, depth, uh, depth in the big man roster. So he's going to be able to rotate these big men out. Uh, Joel Embiid, Dwight Howard, and I forgot the other big man that uh, that was with the Clippers and the Philadelphia Sixers. Philadelphia 76ers signed him uh, last year. Okay, and I, I can't think of his name right now, but he flourished in Doc Rivers' system with the Clippers. Now Doc Rivers with the Philadelphia 76ers, and that's going to make that team uh, a lot better as well. I apologize. Uh, I just got a brain fart there. Okay, I had his name, then I lost it. Okay, that's... You know, that's what happens when you get older. So, but, but, but nevertheless, um, when, when you talk about other acquisitions, uh, that happened, you heard, uh, Wesley Matthews went to the Lakers, um, Serge Ibaka went to the Clippers, uh, the Clippers were more interested in Serge Ibaka than Montez Harris. So, uh, they wanted him there because, you know, his familiar being familiar with Kawhi Leonard and they had great chemistry. This is going to help the Clippers on the defensive end. It's going to help them some on the offensive end and it's going to help them in the locker room building better chemistry. Okay. And I I think Serge Ibaka has an understanding of how um, on how to play with Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi Leonard, even though he's the leader of the team, he's not the vocal leader of the team. I think Serge can do that for the Clippers. He has he 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 has a great resume. Plus, he has a ring. And those, uh, but now it's up to those other guys who don't have a ring, or they're going to respect this guy and listen to this guy, uh, uh, and and. 
you know, and to listen to this guy, follow this guy to have better chemistry. That's going to be the overall picture, but he's more of a vocal leader, Serge is, and that's what, what, why they really want him with the Clippers, okay? He's going to build people up, not tear people down like Montez Harris, okay? So, uh, the, I, I feel like overall, I think the Lakers got better. Let's talk about the LA teams. The, the Lakers got better, and the Clippers got better, okay? And... Um, I think the, but there's pros and cons with what then happened with both these Laker teams. Um, I think uh, the Clippers still need a veteran point guard. Okay, they they was hoping that Rondo would sign with the Clippers, but he didn't. He went to the Atlanta Hawks. That would have extremely helped out the Los Angeles Clippers. They're lacking a veteran point guard. Okay, and they're still searching. All right, so um, to me. They, they they got better. They got better. They got better shooters. Uh, they got better defenders. All right, and they got a vocal leader in Serge Ibaka. So uh, the Clippers definitely got better, but they're still lacking a point guard. Okay, and they still need to find that point guard. All right. Now with the Lakers, they got better too, but they got younger. They got more athletic. Okay. Uh, and they got uh, some 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 decent shooters. Wesley Matthews is going to be a, a a great acquisition for the Los Angeles Lakers. But the Los Angeles Lakers are lacking in experience. They're lacking in playoff experience, and they're lacking on. They're going to they're going to play out this whole season. They're going to feel these new acquisitions out. They're going to have to accept their strengths. And they're also going to have to accept their weaknesses, particularly in the postseason. So this is going to be a mad scientist chemistry experiment throughout the whole season. And LeBron already stated that he's going to low manage the first two months of the season. All right. So uh, they're going to have to figure this thing out quickly in this uh, NBA season. And if they figure it out very quickly and they figure out who they can depend on, who they can't depend on, uh, that's going to work fine for the Lakers in the postseason. But uh, a lot of these acquisitions, you can't really depend on them to, to make that shot, okay? LeBron is a great f- uh, facilitator, okay? But who is he going to facilitate to? Th- those players that they just signed were never known to make the the best that had the best clutch shot okay they've never been tested battle tested like that now danny green was battle tested like that with the sac uh with uh the san antonio spurs all right and uh you know uh when uh lebron uh through the pass to him, he missed that shot, and I and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they heard him trade him, gotten up, got him up out of there. So is Wesley Matthews going to take that role? Is Dennis Grodin going to be able to take that role? Is Montez Harris, which Montez Harris is a terrible shooter from the peri- on the perimeter, is he going to be able to accept that role? These guys have not been battle tested. Uh, in the playoffs. So this is going to be a very, this is going to be a tough hill to climb for LeBron and company. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of unproven with the Clippers and the Lakers that they're going to have to figure it out. And they got the whole season to try to figure out. Uh, When you talk about the 
the Charlotte Bo- uh, Hornets. Uh, this is this. They're still rebuilding, but they have a star in the arena, and, and that's going to be said. They're not going to make no strong playoff push. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks getting Rondo. They're going to make. They're going. To, they're going to be more competitive. But how is that going to equate of them making it to the playoffs? Okay, uh, the Heat got better. All right, uh, and uh, the Milwaukee Bucks—they got better, and then an hour later they got worse. Uh, well, they got uh, look. It's still the. The, the trade uh, for the player from Sacramento, they still have to figure that out. Uh, Bog, Bogan, Bogus, uh, the European player. And there has been tampering uh, accusations where LeBron and company wants him to come to La La Land, but do, they don't have the money, okay? Uh, they traded JaVale McGee to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and that was a salary dump, okay? And um, they did that uh, for the other acquisitions that they signed uh, for the Lakers. So the Lakers are getting close to the cap, okay? They're not going over that cap, all right? So, uh, oh, and Christian Thompson went to the Boston Celtics, okay? So uh, that's going to really uh, help the Boston Celtics out. They finally got a big man. They've been wanting a big man for many seasons, and they finally got a big man. Uh, and uh, oh, in Houston, they got um, uh, uh, they got Boogie Cousins. All right. And if you've been following my YouTube channel, I've been exploring the possibility of. The Houston Rockets are probably going to shut this this baby down and just start rebuilding, figure out a trade partner for um, uh, try for Westbrook and try to uh, find a trade partner for Harden. Now Harden has been uh, speculations of Harden possibly going to the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know how they was going to be able to do that, um, but. And they already got two signed max guys, and I just don't. And they also uh, 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 signed their one of their own players from Brooklyn. And if Brooklyn ain't uh, strapped for cash, or they, if they're not already at the cap, they're getting close to the cap. And I just don't see how they're going to make that trade unless they're going to give up Kyrie Irving. All right, which the Houston Rockets really don't want. Now, the second proposal is maybe Harden going to the Philadelphia 76ers and even swap Harden for uh, Ben Simmons. Um, And uh, if if they can get that done, then they're going to be completely at a rebuild. But by them signing Boogie Cousins, that's telling me, and it also said, uh, if you've been following the Rockets organization, they're willing to accept that the atmosphere is going to be uncomfortable with both of their players asking for trades. So I think the Rockets, by them assigning Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, they're basically saying that they're going to stay packed. They're going to stay how they are. They're not going to rebuild this year, and they're going to... If anything, they're, they're going to get a big man uh, that's uh, unproven right now because you don't know how he's going to recover from his latest injury. He got he got injured uh, 
with the Lakers during practice, and he got injured with the Golden State Warriors in their playoff run, okay? It's been two consecutive years, all right? So, if they can get a 75% Boogie Cousins, I think that's really going to help the Rockets. So, now, the Rockets got their miniature version of the big three. They got Boogie Cousins, they got Russell Westbrook, and they got James Harden. Okay, and to me that uh, that's a that's a pretty good tandem, but we have to figure out what type of Boogie Cousins we're going to get. Now, if they get a hundred percent Demarcus Cousins, oh, th- that was the steal of of uh, NBA free agency. If they they get that type of Boogie Cousins, which I don't think they they are, but if they can get close to a seventy five percent Boogie Cousins, that's going to really help out that roster. All right, and they're going to uh, remain going into the playoffs. Now, like I always stated about the Lakers, I mean, the, uh, the Rockets, the Houston Rockets are too good to get a high draft pick, okay, to help them for the future, all right? They're never going to be in the top 10 or sniff the top 10 for in the NBA draft. However, they're not good enough to get past the second round in the playoffs. So they're stuck in the middle. And uh, by them signing DeMarcus Cousins, they're back at being stuck at the middle, all right? So if Boogie Cousins can make it through a full season, and if he's 75%, okay, that that really increases their odds that maybe they're more than average, okay? Maybe if they match up with the right team in the playoffs, they can surpass that team, okay? But look at the Utah Jazz. Uh, The Rockets are not going to beat the Utah Jazz. The Rockets are not going to beat the the Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets. They're not going to beat the L.A. Clippers. They're not going to beat the L.A. Lakers. They're not going to beat a possibility they could probably beat uh, the, the Dallas Mavericks, but I put more so on the Dallas Mavericks because you don't know what you're going to get with DeMarcus Cousins, all right? So, uh, who, who are they going to be in the playoffs? Okay, it makes you wonder. Is the Phoenix Suns, by them uh, getting Chris Paul, or does that mean that they're going to uh, make a playoff run? I think they're going to make a playoff run, but are they going to be in the playoffs? That's, that's uh, to be determined, okay? But with this move... Uh, they'll be least. They'll be at least at in the playoffs. Okay, in the first round. Okay, maybe not hosting the first round, but you you have to wait and see what type of boogie cousins they're gonna get. What where they are in their standings. Okay, Chris Paul going to the Phoenix Suns. That's really going to help that young roster out. And I've been on the record, uh, particularly on YouTube. I told you guys the Phoenix Suns are gonna be those young teams that's going to be on the rise of the Phoenix Suns also say Sacramento and the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Now the Sacramento uh, pick is, is, is kind of proving me wrong. All right. But those, those three young teams, you know, they're going to make a push this year. Okay. You're going to see improvements with those. Well, with two of those teams, I say Memphis and the Phoenix Suns, not too sure about the Sacramento Kings, all right? All right, so overall, I like 
the NBA draft. And uh, the, we're going to have to wait and see how all this is going to ultimately play out. Now, let's talk about Tom Brady lost again to the L.A. Rams with Jared, Jared Goff. And he it was uh, 28 to 27. Tom Brady did not have a good uh, did not have a good game. And at the end of the game, he just walked off the field. He didn't want to shake the man's hand, all right? Which, uh, to me, a lot of people are saying, well, he, you know, a lot of people are pointing out, well, if it was somebody that was one of his peers, like Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning beat him, he was going to shake his hand. If Drew Brees beat him, he's going to shake his hand. But Jared Goff, Goff, he didn't consider him one of his peers he's, a lot of people feel like he feels like Jared God is beneath him so he's not going to just shake his hand even though when he beat the Rams uh, in the Super Bowl he stood at the middle of the field and uh, shook Jared Goff's hands so if you look at uh, Tom Brady's timeline uh, he's a sore loser in my opinion if you look at his behavior, he's a very sore loser, and he doesn't like to lose. Nobody doesn't like to lose. Okay, there's there's no great uh, there's no great uh, loser, you know. But you have to give res- you have to give respect where respect is due. All right, and if you're gonna stand in the middle when you win, you should stand in the middle when you lose. All right. Now a lot of people are pointing to COVID. Yeah, you know maybe he just. You know, nobody wasn't hardly, it wasn't a lot of players wearing masks and maybe he was uh, in fear of COVID. Okay. And, and you know that, and you have a right to uh, throw out that excuse. I'm not going to sit up here and say, you don't have no right. Like other people that's been talking about this. But if you look at Tom Brady's timeline, he's a very sore loser. Now this latest loss Still, had, nothing has changed. The better teams have beaten Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's uh, have, have beaten teams that are below 500. But the better teams have been beating Tom Brady. And, it's, it, and everybody got this blueprint on how to beat Tom Brady. And it hasn't changed since New England. If you put pressure on Tom Brady, he's going to uh, throw that ball a lot quicker. Okay, uh, if, if he feels pressure, you don't have to necessarily sack him, but if he feels pressure, if you could just put your hands on Tom Brady and he starts feeling uh, pressure, he, he's going to cough up that ball. Now, a lot of this is Bruce Arrington, all right? He wants Tom Brady to throw the ball down the field. Tom Brady has never been known to throw the ball downfield. Um, the time he really started throwing the ball downfield when he was younger and when he had Randy Moss, okay? But those days are over. Tom Brady is getting older, not younger, all right? So you need to play to Tom Brady's strengths, okay, which is dink and dunk and uh, give the ball to the running back. And I think Bruce Arrington has been micromanaging instead of being a, a head football coach. He's been micromanaging the team, trying to make everyone happy, but not wanting to take, uh, not wanting to be a head coach and say, hey, look, um, 
we're going to stop. We may throw the ball some down the field, but that's not going to be our forte, all right? Uh, But we are going to dink and dunk, all right? And I feel like a lot of this is on Bruce Arrington trying to micromanage being a manager more than a head football coach. And this is the separation between Bruce Arrington and Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick will tell, will orchestrate, will game plan on what the defense is going to give them. Okay. Not dictate, well, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we're going to make the defense do this. And we're going to make the defense do that. That's the separation between Bruce Arrington and Bill Belichick. Okay. And I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of people still think that the Bucks are going to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Bucks are going to make it to the Super Bowl because when the playoffs start, or start, a lot of these teams that they got L's on, they're going to be uh, in the playoffs. Uh, New Orleans is going to be in the playoffs, okay? Uh, You know, a lot of these NFC teams are going to make it into the playoffs. And if you're struggling with these teams now, what makes you think you're not going to struggle with these teams in the playoffs? Unless they have a dramatic losing season and then these uh, weaker teams in the NFC make it to the playoffs. I'm a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. I do not want to see Dallas in the playoffs, okay? Because that's a one and done, all right? Maybe that's what Tampa Bay is thinking. But like I said, New Orleans is not going anywhere. They're, they're going to be in the playoffs. And that's a major threat to Tom Brady more than any other team. Any team that has a defense is going to be in the playoffs, okay? So, uh, Tom Brady is a very sore loser. And uh, it just goes to show you, you know, coaching really does matter. Because coaches are going to tell it like it is. And they're going to coach in a way what what the defense is going, what what they are going to give us. That's what we're going to coach to. We're not going to dictate to the defense what we're going to do. We're going to play on what the defense is going to give us, okay? And that's separation between those two coaches, okay? And I just don't see the Bucs, you know, like turning it on like a light switch and start beating these teams with better defensive lines. I just just don't see it, okay? So, uh, real fast, real quick, we're going to talk about the uh, PlayStation five scalpers okay now there's a lot of people out there that's wanting a playstation 5 okay and they're trying to move heaven and earth to get a playstation 5 okay it is bad enough that uh sony is not making these consoles not quick enough due to covid i think sony and microsoft should have prepared better i think they should have micromanaged uh, other manufacturing plants to make their consoles so they can have more out there to the masses. They, you know, and I understand they were behind the eight ball uh, with the COVID-19, uh, the, the, the manufacturing plants that they do depend on. Uh, There's, you know, they've been closed throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and, and like I told people on my YouTube channel, and I think I told you guys here, I feel like uh, you're not going to be able to get a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X this hot. If you're trying to get it for Christmas, I wish you the best of luck, but I just don't see the majority of, of you guys 
getting it this holiday season. But I also said that after the holidays, they may be more available then uh, by that time, uh, Sony and Microsoft, the manufacturer plant that they depend on, will start really rolling out these consoles, manufacturing these consoles on a quicker pace, on a quicker scale. All right. So uh, this is what and, and, and like I said, COVID-19 is affecting everything. All right. So um, that what is available it's bad enough that Microsoft and Sony can't manufacture them quicker enough. But then you got these scalpers having bots in the online service, in the online system, and uh, they're making it worse for people that just want to buy one PlayStation. You got a group that's done that's got like uh, thirty thousand PlayStations by using this method. And, uh, you know, selling these uh, these consoles uh, for 12, 15, 1600. And um, to me, this is going to hurt gamers uh, now or for the foreseeable future. And a lot of people will say, will make this analogy, okay? It doesn't affect me. I got an Xbox Series X. I got a PlayStation 5. I don't have to buy it off of eBay. I don't care about the scalpers, okay? I got my console. Yeah, if you look at it that way, you might think that, you know, you're winning. You're beating the system. But the problem is you're not looking at the future that's in front of you. And to me... If people are paying uh, 15, 16, 1700 for these consoles, for these next gen consoles, what you're telling Microsoft and Sony is, well, we don't have to necessarily make these consoles and try to get it under the $500 price point because you guys have shown time and time again that you're willing to spend three times as much to get these consoles. So there, so there is a, so there is a demand for a $1,500 console. There is a demand for a $1,200 console. There is a demand for a $1,600 console. That's basically what you guys are telling when you, if you're willing to sp spend that, shell out that money for those scalpers, it may not affect you now, but it's going to affect you on the next gen console. And these consoles got a life expectancy of six to seven years, all right? So it may not affect you now, but six years from now, it's going to affect you, all right? So you would want to do something about the scalping because it's sending mixed messages to the corporations such as Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo. They're looking at this and going, ha, 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 ha. So these gamers will spend 1500 for a console, all right? That's what you need to look at it from that standpoint. Stop looking at yourself and look at the bigger picture, the grand scope of things, the grand scheme of things, okay? Two, this, affecting, this is affecting gamers out there who can't even grab a console because of the chaos and the manage of the... Uh, the mismanagement on the online service. And, you know, I know you shouldn't really get mad at GameStop, Walmart, Target, uh, uh, Sony, 
Microsoft. You shouldn't get mad at these people. They're 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 trying to get these consoles uh, in your living rooms, but there's a lot of stuff they have to overcome. And these these scalpers are getting clever and clever. And I always stated, I feel like the best way to get these consoles is like last year. I feel like Sony and Microsoft should stop uh, purchasing, stop selling these consoles online. I feel like Walmart, and I feel like Walmart, Target, Best Buy, GameStop, they should have them in the store. Now, I understand the nightmare that you're going to have in the store. I understand that now these stores are going to be extremely popular. It's going to be extremely busy and and have chaos and things of that nature. You're going to have fights break out. Yeah, I understand all that. But what you're eliminating is the scalpers. Now the scalpers got to be front and present, okay? And if you restrict them to like one console and one console only, if you want another console, you got to get in line, okay? That helps out the consumer base. Yes, there's a lot of pro, there's a lot of negative that can happen out of it. Yes, uh, you're gonna, uh, a lot of these stores are not gonna be prepared for the, uh, the mass extreme fanatic business that these stores are going to have. Okay, it's gonna be a nightmare, it's gonna be chaos, but. Stores, I feel like retail stores are prepared and experienced for types of situations like this. I think that's when stores need to exercise having more help. Okay. I think stores need to exercise getting security. Okay. You know, these retail stores have security. These re- these retail stores have security on a day in and day out basis to uh, stop shoplifters. All right. What's wrong with these stores having extra security to protect, to uh, protect the worker, the retail worker that's going to have to deal with uh, people acting up and lying and, and their behavior? Yes, this is going to be a nightmare in these retail stores, but the greater good of it is a lot. It'll be there'll be more. Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5s in a lot of more households versus you know waiting online who who been through who been through this you say uh, uh uh Kohl's or Walmart or Best Buy or Target we're selling them online at 9 p.m. and you there at 8:59 as soon as it hit 9 p.m. there's no more PlayStations there's no more Xbox Series X because the bots done took over. The bots done took over. So people that are that are honestly trying to buy a console is not going to be able to get a console. It's more to it than just being the first one out the box. Okay, first one out the gate. It's, it's, it's another thing entirely that you got to fight against other consumers that want to buy a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X. But you also have to fight and deal with the scalpers and the bots. That's the problem. And I know they've done the two uh, key factor. You have to put in your, um, your profile in two separate times. Yeah, that's... that's sort of slow slow down 
the amateur box of the amateur bots where the process might take a little bit slower for them guys but the but there's high-tech experienced professional scalpers with bots that are 10 times better that them figure that out all right so you're not going to eliminate all the bots okay but like I said, if you're trying to get these consoles, I feel like the best way you're going to be able to get these consoles are going to be in February, where there's going to be more. Plus, Sony and Microsoft has already stated that, you know, for every console that they sell, they're in the red. Okay, they're not making a profit on the console. All right. Scalpers are making an extremely profit on the consoles, but not Microsoft and Sony. They're they're. They're looking at it as short term, we're losing money selling these consoles. But long term, in the grand scheme of things, we're going to make that money back. Okay? Hand over fist. Okay? So, that's all I got for uh, the scalpers. So, uh, I, like I said, I wish everyone get these consoles, but not everybody's going to get these consoles. Uh, I don't think 75% of these people are going to get these consoles. I don't even think 50% of people are going to be able to get these consoles. I'm looking at maybe uh, less than 25%, okay, in my opinion. 25% of, uh, of families around the world are probably going to get these consoles, and the rest of us is just simply going to have to wait. And, you know, that's that's just pretty much it, you know. So, I'm getting, this is getting close to the end. I'd like to thank everyone who, uh, who's been supporting this podcast. I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Just to give you a quick rundown, I had hernia surgery. I was out for two weeks. Uh, I did do one podcast, I think it was uh, almost two weeks ago, and I really do appreciate the people that shared that shared the content, um, and you know, it was a real tough time um, dealing with that, battling with that, and uh, I'm back to normal, I'm back into the swing of things, okay? Um, what I took from hernia surgery is... Sometimes you take life for granted. Sometimes the simple things in life for granted. Sometimes, you know, getting up, walking around, have, you know, having freedom and independence. You take all that stuff for granted uh, when you're sitting, uh, when you're in a, a hospital bed and you can't even get up. Well, you can get up, but you're going to feel a, a lot of pain getting up just by standing. Just by standing, I haven't even, you know, you haven't even taken two or three steps yet. You know, the the ability to just get up and go to the food court, you're not going to be able to do that. To get up and just, uh, you know, get the blood pumping and the blood flowing, you're not going to be able to do that. And what makes it worse is after surgery, after surgery, it's even rougher. You have to st- it's sort of like starting all over again, starting, uh, you know, uh, you know, get up and get down, figure out how you can get up and get down without uh, feeling any pain, making steps without get, uh, without feeling a lot of pain. And it was it, uh, those th- four days was like torture. But I, I, I just got up. I just got the blood flowing. I was feeling pain. All right. But then guess what happened after the seventh or eighth day? 
well, I'm going to say the ninth day, things started, things starting to look a lot better, okay, things, things I wasn't able to do seven days ago, I'm, I'm close of doing now, uh, I started work last, uh, last week, and that first week was rough, 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 but, uh, you know, now, when you look back at it, you start saying to yourself, wow, you need to appreciate the smaller things in life. That's what I took and that's what I took in out of this whole experience. You have to appreciate the things that you're able to do now, the smaller things, okay, that you don't even notice, the smaller things. You know, you need to uh, step back, smell the roses and drink the coffee, whatever analogy you want to use. Uh, and and appreciate the things that you are able to do, um, the ability to you know uh, just do what you want to do, to experience life. You know, need to appreciate those things. Okay, uh, you know, walking, talking, interactions, uh, 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 all those things. You need to. Exp- uh, appreciate those things and I have a new fond appreciation for the smaller things in life not you know I always had appreciation for the big things in life but I now have a new definition on I'm going to appreciate not only the, the big things in life but the smaller things in life the minute things in life okay that's what you take from that's what I took from um hernia surgery all right so i'm done guys uh hopefully i will see you guys on the first or the second week of december it's the host with the most i'm krista dom one can i do this right outro